Hey, Christian. Hey, Kieran. How are you? I'm good. I'm all moved into my new place. And yeah, it's been a crazy old week. Oh, that's marvellous. This will be your first time doing your doing the podcast here in your new home. I know. I know. We're very, very exciting. So, I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> the word is out. Like, should we talk about what Carly's been up to this week? Oh, yeah. So what else have you been up to this week? I, I've kind of been a bit uh, absent-minded this week. So have we been looking at any of the, the stories? Well, I saw one um, article in The Express by Sean Smith, who's written a few books about oh, yeah. her, as we've all seen, we will know and read. Um, it's basically an article about Kylie being a national treasure. It ends the article. You know, it's nothing really new in there. It just goes through her whole life um, in kind of an abridged version. He ends with, it's too early to say whether she will sell up. Now she's settling back in Melbourne, close to where her sister Danny relocated and where her family, including parents, Carol and Ron, still live. Her boyfriend of nearly four years, designer Paul Solomons, the Welsh-born creative director of GQ, is reportedly not relocating and they will continue a long-distance relationship. At least he is a good reason for her to come back to see us in London. Perhaps when she does, it'll be a fitting if we could greet her as Dame Kylie. That's interesting, isn't it? She should be a dame. Definitely British. I mean, she is kind of British. She's got Welsh in her, hasn't she? So I don't yeah, know. But also, I, didn't I, the Queen want to dame Ariana Grande after the bombings and she turned it down? Oh, did she? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Oh. So I think you can become a I dame if you want to. Willy nilly. I can't believe Kylie hasn't got one. I know. Um, she's an order of the British Empire. She's, uh, I think, but she's not a dame. Oh, I never understand what these things mean. I, I mean, lovely if she was dating Kylie Minogue, but then it turns her into a cabaret Shirley Bassey type act then, doesn't she? Well, not Dame really. Kylie. That's just because Shirley Bassey is a cabaret Shirley Bassey act. She's all that. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean Kylie's <laughs> going to have to immediately, as soon as she's damed, be as camp as, you know, Dame Shirley Bassey. Yeah, I have to admit, being called Dame Kylie Minogue, I'd put that on my albums. Be great. Dame Kylie, just Dame. Yeah. <laughs> In oh. nothing like a dame. Mm. Um, yeah, that, 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 I actually did read that piece. Um, it was literally just rehashing old news. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we're making a big fuss about her going home because she's she's already said she's always going to be travelling. I think just her base is going to be at home. At the end of the day, her career is bigger over here, so she'll be over here most of the time. And I'm assuming when we saw that picture a few weeks ago of her uh, moving furniture, she's not gutting the house she's in or the flat she's in in London because I'm assuming she'll need somewhere to go back to. Unless it's cheaper to stay in a hotel than she's over here. but um, Unless she's cheaper. taking all the valuables to mm. Melbourne and keeping the place kind of semi-rented so she can put on Airbnb and make more money. An Airbnb, can you imagine? Can you imagine all the Kylie fans would be scrabbling to get into that place? Shitting in the same toilet as Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> she should do that. Um, but I guess because it's all out there, she's probably taking all her valuables away so someone doesn't rob the place. But um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, but who knows? I, I, you know, I think we're making a, I think we're blowing it out of proportion. I think she'll be uh, back. And we won't even realise she's not here. So, um, and and that Paul Solomon's, you know, if they're together, then she's going to make sure that she's going to, uh, you know, she'll be over here most of the time. I'm sure. There is also we're recording this on Wednesday the 27th. So by the time this comes out Friday, hopefully there'll be news of a new single because there's some stirrings on social. Did you see what she posted? I did. She teased it last week and I was very excited. Uh, so I'm assuming it must be the um, song... Jesse Ware? Jesse Ware, which, according to a close friend they've heard, and they said it was very, very perky, but they also said that the... Well, the Shelley Bassey one, I'm obsessed with Shelley Bassey, <laughs> but the uh, Gloria Gaynor one apparently is the best one. There's more mid-tempo and it's due in the new year as a release. Mid-tempo? Hmm. So, um, which is interesting, but apparently it's the one that's the catchiest of all three of them. Though that said, I cannot get enough of 
a second to midnight. It's amazing. Especially that Sagra remix that's on the internet because it uses the kind of PWO backing track, but turns it into the most sensational, more it's much more fluid, the sound of the song. It sounds brilliant. And I wish she would have that as a as an official remix, but I don't think she ever deals with whoever Sagra is. Yeah. No, I really I, I concur. That is a fucking banging, banging remix. So let's go to step back in time. So we've had a few anniversaries this week in the Kylie Annals. We had Never Too Late, which was released on the 23rd of October, 1989. The highest chart position went to number four in the UK and number 14 in Australia. You disgust me. Why such? Why so low? And okay, yeah, we were going through Kylie fatigue at that time, understand. But this song, I think, is one of the most underrated um, songs, I think, of Kylie's early career. Don't you think? I don't think it gets enough love. Yes, you're right. Never Too Late doesn't get the recognition it deserves because I think it's one of the best ones. I think its chart position reflects the fact that the album had been out a while and the album had done so well that I guess people didn't really need to go rushing out and buy it. But it's um, such a good song. It's very lilting. And I think I'm going to sound like a broken record because I mentioned before that one of the magazines, I think it was Smash Hits, when they reviewed the album track by track, they kind of said they gave this song five out of ten and said, oh, it's not a Kylie song, it's more lilting, it's more of a Jason Donovan song. But for me, it was one of the standout songs. This is Nothing to Lose, where the two new songs were the ones that really made me excited. So it's got a great tune, and I love the um, Abbey Road version of it, because it just gives the song an extra Mm. element. It's really heartbreaking, really beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Many would see this as the last traditional-sounding Stock Aiken and Waterman single of her career. The original plan had been to release Enjoy Yourself, However, Saw thought that having both the album and the single out at the same time might cause confusion. So they went with um, Never Too Late. And apparently this is the favourite of In Excess, Michael. He loved this song, apparently. Actually, I'd love to hear a, a kind of a rock growly In Excess type version of, of that song. It'd be interesting to hear. And I also remember this song won the, the Logie in Australia for Best Music Video. And I remember watching this as a kid and watching Danny run up and get the award. Um from Kylie because Kylie must have been in the UK at the time so I remember that I'm like oh Kylie looks so different but it was Danny I remember I remember it clear as day it reminds me of that scene from Feud where uh, Joan Crawford goes and accepts the award on somebody else's behalf just so that she can hold the award in her hands <laughs> oh bless that <laughs> just, just on, a, on a Jason Donovan tip we both went to see Jason Donovan recently didn't we but separately yes it was great and how amazing was the show I went along not expecting it to be very, not to be as good as it was. Mm. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And the songs were great. His voice, I thought, sounded great. It's the best um, I think he's ever sounded. Yeah, uh, and even the staging was really good. And he's really funny. The thing that made me really step and take notice was he was really funny. In the past, in the early days, I think he was a little bit monotone, a bit boring. But he's kind of eccentric and a little bit mad. But um, well, that's probably his radio career, bringing out a bit of a different side of his personality, possibly. right? Yeah, he was just so funny. And I will just say very quickly that the highlight of the show for me, and it made me cry because it, suddenly? It, he sings suddenly. And mm. in the background on these screens are these lovely images of he, him and Kylie and some of the other cast on Neighbours. It's nice intimate pictures of him and Kylie that I hadn't really seen before. And it was really emotional and it really got pulled at my heartstrings. And I just started crying in the middle of the, <laughs> in the, middle of the auditorium. So, um, but he was very, very good. So I would always recommend that you should go and see Jason because he's actually as good as Kylie, in fact. Talking about tours, um, oh, yeah. L- Let's Get To It was started on the 25th of October, 1991. So... Yeah, 30 years ago. I know, literally insane. 
So what you obviously went to this. I'm so gutted I didn't did. see this, but like, oh, it's still, I, I have it on VHS and still watch it quite often. I think it's mm. great. And she, I think it, you know, the outfits are, are a marvel, I would say. <laughs> I can't actually remember being there, but I do remember being there. And I remember loving it because I recall hearing too much of a good thing. And also, I guess I like it like that, which is, I think, probably the only time she's ever played it live. The show the show itself was good. I watched it back the other day. Musically, it's great. She's got all the hits there that you could ever want. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only bummer for me is Love Train, because I can't bear it. And yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. And Locomotion, I can't bear that one either. We've got both about trains. Obviously, don't like songs about trains. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to keep that note in my head there. Do you like so- Sheena Easton? My baby takes the no, moment. Okay, you hate trains. Yeah, yeah I clearly do. Um, but th- yeah, and the outfits were obviously caused a lot of uh, caused a lot of scandal at the time because as as we've seen on some of our lovely Fanogs posts uh, this week, um, you know the, the newspapers went to town on the fact that she was dressed dressing really sexy in her Galliano <laughs> outfits. But in reality, uh, the outfits I think were really cutting edge, and I think she looked stunning. The only thing I would say is watching the show back, you've got this kind of quite, kind of atmospheric opening, <laughs> and then it kind of cuts into step back in time, and then she carries on singing "Wouldn't Change a Thing" and songs like that. Songs that sound very, very poppy in the form that they're, they're done in on, on the show, but with this kind of weird forward fashion outfit. So I think the outfits and the songs didn't really gel. But that, having said that, the entirety of the show was brilliant. And the outfits, I think, were stunning. I just think they didn't really go together. They could, they could have made the songs a little bit more uh, experimental, a bit more adventurous. Mm. Yeah, they just sound very much the same yeah. album tracks. Yeah, as you mentioned, the press dubbed this tour pornographic. There was black garters, fishnet stockings, suspenders, frilly knickers, and suddenly the media was accusing Kylie of once again imitating Madonna. But, however, this tour was the first time that Kylie adult fans finally outnumbered the children. <laughs> well, I guess they grew up, that's why. They, she just wasn't gaining new, new fans, which is well, probably why the album didn't do so well. But the one, one thing I, I need to say about this is on, on the tour in the video, she'd done an acoustic version of... Ooh, let's get to it. Yes. Yes, I know. And her voice sounds amazing. Oh, my God. It's stunning. Stunning. And she just sounds so pure. And she hits that high note so well. Mm. Oh, my God. Let's Get To It should have been on Abbey Road. That like that version of Let's Get To It should have been on Abbey Road. I I, I do fear that all those songs on the album are kind of uh, her songs she's forgotten. But you know what? There are some good ones on the album. And that is a great one. And when you hear it in the right context, I think sometimes, I mean... Maybe back then the production of it was a little bit kind of bon tempi, but I'd like to hear that done in another way. But one, one quick thing about the tour, I mentioned, I guess I like it like that. And watching her perform that, she's like a like a lunatic on stage. She's like going wild, arms in the air. And I just, God, it was just amazing to watch. It made, it made me realise how young she was back then. Mm, totally. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to do, do that now without a hip replacement, I'm sure. <laughs> Stop it. Should we go to F and Oak? Oh, yeah. Who is it this week, Kieran? Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands for David. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, David, take us back to the very beginning. How did you discover the the joys of Lumminog? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm in my mid-40s and growing up in Australia, um, you know, we were all addicted to young talent time. And um, so Danny Minogue was always my favorite uh, on young talent team. And um, but I remember when um, I remember when Kylie came on to Neighbours and, um, you know, we were addicted to Neighbours and 
you know, we love the character of Charlene, but I don't think it ever really occurred to us that she was Danny Minogue's sister mm. until um, either maybe when she went on and did Sisters are doing it for, did for themselves. themselves. An iconic yeah. clip, which I watch all the time on YouTube, but they look very different, right? They yeah. look very, very different. They look different. It's funny. I just rewatched it the other day on YouTube. And my favorite thing is that um, there's like a behind the scenes at the Minogue household beforehand. And um, <laughs> there's a shot where they walk in and Kylie's uh, memorizing her lines for neighbors. And she's um, she's got her Garfield poster on the bedroom door as you walk in. And uh, it makes me wonder sometimes if, you know, maybe Ron and Carol have kept Kylie's room for her just as she left it. And <laughs> wonder if she's still got that Garfield poster there waiting for her when she comes home. Yeah, it's really cute. But um, uh, yeah, but when Locomotion came out, oh my God, it was such a phenomenon in Australia and it was number one for seven weeks and oh, like just became utterly obsessed with her. And that's, I, I remember like we had this like radio station at my high school, which I was involved with. And I just remember yeah. we were all obsessed with that song and everyone was like, oh, that's Danny Minogue's sister. It's Danny Minogue. So that's kind of like how we knew her and measured her at the time, I guess. So the question I'm going to ask, uh, which is your favourite version of Locomotion, the Australian or the UK? Yeah, look, um, I was hoping you would ask me, and um, I think I think that Christian, we finally need to put this matter to rest. Oh, yes, I think so. And I think we have to agree that yes! the Aussie version of Locomotion is the winner. <coughs> I um, love that. I'm not sure. I you know what I love about it is, like me, it's like that song is like Charlene singing a song right like mm. it's like Charlene was down at Lassiter's and she was like Scott Scott they've offered me a bloody record deal and you know it's just Charlene singing a hard out just dreaming of bigger things when I hear that I'll song. agree with you because it does sound like she recorded it in a garage and her voice sounds like, <laughs> uh, sounds like a spanner being dragged down not, the, not her voice <laughs> she sounds like a spanner being dragged down some metallic wall I still <laughs> no I have tried to sing to it and yeah. it's not as bad as I thought it was. But when you compare it to the brilliant high energy British, the British version, and I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't agree with you. I you know what, Christian, I'm holding out to the fact that now you, you semi like Impossible Princess, there's going to become a time in the next couple of weeks, you're going to go to me, you know what? The Australian version of Locomotion <laughs> is quite good. So I'm holding out for that day. It's, it semi. it's only a semi. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, one thing I've struggled with though is I can't find the Aussie version of Locomotion on Spotify. Oh. Like, is it there or is it? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think know. I've ever seen it. I love it. Maybe they have yeah. a, a a quality threshold. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but every time I, uh, I I hear it, I'm just taken back to being a 12 year old. Mm. You know, doing that Tanya Lacey choreography backwards <gasps> and forwards in my lounge room, just living what? my best life. What was the TV show that Tanya Lacey was on when we were kids? It was a Saturday morning yeah, it was TV like show, right? Sort of kids' show, yeah. I don't remember what it, what it was called, but um, we loved her as well. Yeah, so. she was amazing. But basically, Christian Tanya Lacey was like um, Davina McCall. So back it for the locomotion, but irritating. <laughs> no, but she was a she was a personality on TV, and she oh, just right. was in the um on, in the video, kind of like Davina was in Word Is Out. 
I was going to ask, um, uh, what was 10-year-old David like then at this point? So what were you like, um, what was going on in your life that made Kylie such the, such a, an attractive uh, <laughs> well, person to you? Well, look, I, I was 12, so um, about to hit puberty. So, you know, about to be a little self-realized little gay kid. So um, I think like a lot of us, Kylie just really um, struck a chord with me. I don't know. It's hard to say what it was, but um, why do you think it I was? Just oh, I mean, fantastic. You say it's hard to say why why it was, but there's so many of us who are all kind of kind of the same age, and we were all kind of getting to that point in our lives where we were kind of finding our new selves. There's there's just something mysterious about Kylie that we all kind of was drawn to, and I don't I I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it was the fact that she was dressing up as a mechanic and she was a little bit of a tomboy, but then we kind of, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was just the, the high energy music. What do you think, it, what, do you, what do you think it was? Yeah, just fun, pop, and um, I think Kieran will probably relate that in Australia at the time, there just wasn't like a lot of fun, like pop music. Um, it was yeah. mostly rock music. You watch the child music shows on the weekends and it was just rock and roll. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually, I look, I look back at a lot of those Aussie rock tracks now. I actually really love them, but at the time, as a kid, yeah. just didn't appeal to me. And yeah, Kylie just represented something different and fun. And, um, and just out of interest, I mean, we got a lot of Australian soaps over here, Sons and Daughters, which I loved, and uh, the Sullivans, all that kind of stuff. But was Neighbours the first soap in Australia that was kind of aimed at a younger audience because it, it kind of really focused on its younger characters. So I guess that probably drew people of our age into the show at that point because when they, when they showed it over here, mm. it really identified with the Mikes, the Charlenes, the Scots. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assumption. Mm. Yeah. Because we had we had shows like Skippy and stuff like that, but maybe they were a little bit kind of <laughs> out, out of the form of reality and all this kind of stuff. But maybe Neighbours was more of the true gritty suburban yeah. Thing. I mean, there was stuff like Sons and Daughters before that, which was more kind of adult. Mm. And um, there were shows like A Country Practice oh, and God. things like that, which were more family dramas. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd all sit around with the family and watch it. But, um, yeah, usually Neighbours was on, I guess, while uh, while my mum was cooking dinner and and we'd always be, like, rushing to finish our food so that we could go and see in front of the TV and watch Neighbours. We loved it. This is a little bit off topic, but Christian, in the UK, did you have a TV series called Chances? The Australian show called Chances? Oh, give me some description and I'll tell you. It sounds but, familiar, but... I think it was like this family won the lottery and it was just really debaucherous and it was like very like sexual and Ooh. lots of sex scenes and nudity. Familiar. It sounds familiar, but I can't. I, I'll need to look at the cast and then I'll know if I, if I recognise it. Okay, I think they promised uh, to feature um, a set of breasts and a, and a bare ass in every episode. And, um, <laughs> I promised that. They certainly delivered. I think it might have been the first time I saw a man's naked bottom on television as a teenager. <laughs> I was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's go back to 1988 and you've actually bought the first Kylie album. What was your very first thoughts of listening to the whole complete Kylie 88 experience? Yeah, you know, I've, I just listened to it this week when I knew that I was going to be on this podcast and it was the first time I've listened to it in years and years, oh. to be honest. Um, and, um, yeah, I just remember, like, memorising every track and just by default loving every single song. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it the, at the time. I'm almost afraid to say it now out loud, but um, I don't think that first album has aged very well. Mm. Um, I love the singles, but... Um, yeah, something that really struck me, listening to that first album and the second album again, um, again, I love the singles, but 
um, a lot of the songs, they're, you know, they're this kind of like, oh, I'm so sweet and innocent. And if only a boy would look at me and love me and all this sort of stuff. Like it just makes me cringe a little bit now when I listen to a lot of those songs. Um, yeah. I'm sort of glad that her, <laughs> the lyrics and all that stuff sort of evolved with time. But um, I guess, I guess then, that's, that, was what, that was the appeal at the time. I guess back then, you know, we were all kind of in this, she was about 18, 19 when she, when she recorded this. So I guess they're yeah. the kind of, they're the kind of issues that people are going through and they do want to know all those kind of things. I think that's why, you know, the younger fans really identified yeah. with the songs, even though they probably didn't listen to the lyrics in the same way that, you know, like a music critic would, but they probably listened to it and kind of used those songs as uh, almost their, their own thoughts in the song. Cause I mean, I, this sounds ridiculous and I'm a man of, of a certain age now, but even, even to this day, um, <clears throat> uh, my secret high always, think that that was like a fan song you know when you hear um i look at your my, your picture and stare into space you know it's almost like these lyrics you kind of identify with them a little bit and you kind of you take them on board being a young person so maybe mm. obviously the, the the lyrics probably haven't aged with you very well because you've lived a life and you've experienced great yeah. things so uh but i, they, yeah, I think they're nice time songs aren't they time mm. songs yeah for sure but i loved it and actually you know when i knew i was coming on today and i was just digging out through my record collection and i'm just aware that this is a podcast and the listeners can't see it but the very first kylie vinyl that i ever bought was the i should be so lucky special uk remix wow which i think is better known everywhere else as the bicentennial mix yeah and um yeah i just recently got a record player and i uh, gave this a whirl again and i'll tell you it really <laughs> took me back. so on the cover of that vinyl for everyone she's laying on the bed yeah. uh in this kind of white nighty. Oh, so yeah, i have on the video yeah from the video i had yeah. that poster on my wall it was like a massive poster <laughs> with her signature which is like obviously printed and reproduced but I think, yes. I think my parents bought it from like Woolworths or something I got it for a birthday and it was laminated and it stayed on my wall until oh, like they laminated it, thinking that you might be using it <laughs> quite clean <laughs> what a mistake they made <laughs> <laughs> yeah but something else like another like really funny memory that sort of came to mind for me was that um you know molly meldrum on hey hate saturday was such a big champion of kylie and even when it wasn't really cool to like kylie anymore he was there just really you know pushing her stuff every week and having her on the show and which was always exciting because she was on tv a lot but um he held up one week this um cover <laughs> which is the us 12 inch locomotion and um, I was just became like so obsessed that I had to get this vinyl. And so, you know, we lived like right on the edge of Sydney. It was like an hour's train trip into the city. And I remember finding out somehow that there was this place that in the city called Red Eye Records that did Im imports. So I got on the train and I went in and it was basically staffed by like these like goths in really heavy makeup or you know they all had like punk rock hairdos and stuff and I'd go up to the counter like little 13 year old me and I'd be like oh excuse me um I'd like to buy the 12 inch version of Kylie Minogue should I say Papa Quap from UK please and they'd have to like have the indignity of taking the order off me and and you know it would take like two months to come in because it would come by ship and yeah you know and the next school holidays i would go back and pick it up and oh. like, I, I hope red eye records oh, is still there because when i lived in sydney um like, yeah. uh, like early 2000s and stuff it was there and i loved to love it i got the yeah um, it was amazing it was so so good so good so yeah. to, out, out of the stock Aiken and waterman albums which would you say would yeah. be your favorite 
Oh, it's easily Rhythm of Love for me. Yeah, I think yeah, the singles, mm. yeah, the singles are amazing, and um, it definitely, you know, right from Better the Devil, it it just was a real maturing of the sound, and um, yeah, it was just it was such great pop music, and you know, again, I, I'd listened to it just this week for the first time, maybe in a year or two, and I forgot that um, you know that Shocks, the album version of Shocks, like Different. it's really indulgent. It goes mm. for. A really long time it's really guitar heavy and um it's really kind of unlike a lot of things that you see on any other kylie records so um yeah because yeah. even um, even things can only get better has a bit of a, an extended opening that you wouldn't expect and and it is yeah. a weird album in the sense that they, they seem to treat her a bit like an artist on this album as opposed to just a pop star and they kind of gave her songs that were there to chew on i think pete woodsman said at the time that uh, one of the mixes, the early mixes of that version of Shocked, it went to 11 minutes to start with, and then they wow. cut it down to what it was. So I'd love to hear that 11 minute version, but he used to go on about it all the time. So we went we went to town on Shocked, and you know, we put an 11 minute version of it. So um, I'd love to yeah. see if there's any 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 of those versions left in the vaults anywhere. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Look, to this day, What Do I Have To Do is my favourite Kylie song. And I so vividly remember the first time I heard it on that album and uh, it just really spoke to my heart. And, yeah, all these years later, it's still my favourite song. It, it, it's, about it. it's, it's really it's really cool, really fresh. It still sounds fresh today and it's got a great melody. It's very euphoric. And then you've got that great whooshing sound yeah. as it goes to the chorus. There's just so much in it that's really good. And then the, the single version, I think, gave it a little bit more, more of an edge and I really love that. And you must have loved the video. Yeah. You've got to spy uh, her sister, you know, Danny. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Yeah, I think there was like a little yeah. bit of a faux lesbian makeup type thing going on yeah. for, in the background. Yeah. yeah, I think Daddy's yeah, wearing a blonde right. wig and uh, and dancing in the background because I, I don't know if you saw the clip. You probably saw it on on YouTube, but she did a they did a behind the scenes on going live the uh, Saturday morning TV show over here and and uh, they talked to Danny saying, "Yeah, hey, I'm in the video." You'll you recognise me. You, you will, but you won't. Australia, <laughs> I couldn't quite understand what she was saying. Her Australian accent was so so strong. So you no, know, it's impressive. But it is a, <laughs> she is a bit blink and you miss her in the video, though. Like, yeah, were you it's very good to know she's there? Were you very excited when a second to midnight video came out and you had that kind of very kind of it's not loose. I reckon it's there's definite similarities in look in the second to midnight oh, yeah. and the what do I have to do video. I was like, this is amazing. It's probably even the same coat. That she was well, wearing. Yeah. It's an homage. Interview, um, yeah. She said in the recent interview on on the one show because somebody actually they had some uh, viewer questions and they were asking that leopard print coat that's very familiar. Is it from what do I have to do? And she kind of said in a kind of a roundabout the house way, no, it's not. But uh, that the video had been or the idea of using it had been used based on the fact that she had worn an outfit like that before, and also mm, that so right. um, what's his name. Um, Ollie had also worn a leopard print outfit or leopard print coat recently, so right. uh, they they chose that. But it's not the same one. Well, but I, I love think the that nineties hair and everything looked mm, amazing. That coat must be in the vaults in Melbourne Art Centre for like oh, where all her other so. outfits are. Yeah, along with her uh, with Zayn O'Donnell, who's just standing there in the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, actually, I follow him on Instagram. He looks like he's living a nice life now yeah, in South so, Africa, I think. Yeah. yeah, he seems to be very successful. He's his own company, hasn't he, for uh, is it Juice or something? I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Um, talk, us, talk us to uh, your experience. Oh, speak again, Karen. Oh, talk us about your experience with the deconstruction 
era of Kylie. Oh, love it. Absolutely loved that Kylie Minogue album. 94, um, right? Still, just, still sounds incredible today. It does. And, you know, like I, I was well and truly sort of out and proud then and um, just living my best life out in the clubs and everything. And um, it just was so sophisticated and confiding me with that big, like roaring introduction with the strings and, um and where is the feeling such an amazing song and i at the time i really loved that kind of extended mix that came out of that um it's interesting like i i again just had a re-listen this week and i actually really love almost all the songs on it the one that really stands out to me is not belonging on that album is if i was your lover mm. Yeah, I don't know, like it just starts off with this really sophisticated kind of lounge music and then it just goes Ooh. into this like New York grunge, you know, you can imagine her doing it, but still a bit of Running Man to that and um, I don't know, to me it doesn't really fit that well but um, also controversially, I do really love that M People song at the end. So <laughs> Christian's aghast. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, Christian, I feel like you're about to click the disconnect button on me. But, uh, I could find it, I would. <laughs> um, out of interest, I mean, I, as you know, I've said it a million times, but when I uh, came to uh, the Kylie 94 album, I, I was so excited about the album because of Confiding Me, and I thought, my God, that's an amazing song. It's the best thing I think she'd ever done by that point, and maybe still is, to be honest. Um, and then when I got the album and I played the other songs, I was just so disappointed because everything didn't, nothing sounded as exciting or creative or or pushing boundaries i think confided me pushed so many boundaries because there was so much so it was so different to anything yeah. she or anyone else was recording at that point so i was very disappointed yeah. by the kind of um, hard act to follow generic dance i thought yeah 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 um i feel like it's aged pretty well though like totally. i feel like if that album came out five or ten years ago it still would have been fairly plausible yeah did you see intimate live in person Oh, yeah, I, it's hands down my favourite Kylie experience. Oh, I would have um, given my left nut to have seen that person. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's kind of funny, right? So back before my current career, I used to work in theatre box offices and um, we, I didn't work at the Capitol Theatre at the time where it was on in Sydney, but I worked at another theatre where we were on the same ticketing system and we were told, you know, Intimate and Live was going to go on sale on this date and back in those days, when you use the Ticketek system, it wasn't like, I imagine now they just click through with a mouse to whatever they want. But back in those days, you would have to enter like an event code, which would take you into the event and you couldn't enter strictly until 9am. And then you would have to enter another code to go to the seating section. And <laughs> so I went in on my days off in the lead up and I would sit <laughs> at an empty terminal and I would practice the keystrokes, right? Because I was determined I was going to get set of that show and um yeah so the day came nine o'clock came up oh my god my fingers were working overtime and I got center front row for that first Sydney show wow it was so exciting and then I just couldn't believe it my heart was pounding in my chest and then the show sold out really quickly and about 10 minutes later a message came up second show now on sale and I was like oh fuck fuck I didn't even know there was going to be another show so I like quickly enter in the, the event code and I ended up getting center front row two nights in a row so wow I'm sorry if there's I'm sorry if there's anyone in Sydney listening that may have queued up outside a ticket tech outlet for hours but you uh you didn't stand a chance I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> practicing your and finger so strokes the, that is the, amazing 
<laughs> yeah, so the night of the show, right, we like waited until the very last minute, right, because we wanted to make an entrance and then we were like walk down that aisle and we're like front row bitches and <laughs> oh man then she came out and oh, it was just so raw and you know so pared back and we had never seen anything like it before um you know that started with that big set of eyes above the stage and then she turned mm. around on the podium and oh it was um it was really good and I actually have like one really special Kylie moment in my life. I've never met Kylie, but I had a moment with Kylie at that concert. And, um, you know, I feel like it was a bit of a different setup for Kylie. She, all her previous shows were just really heavily sort of styled and choreographed. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes that show, especially that first show, it felt a little bit disjointed. So there was this moment where like there was some sort of technical issue and, the audience just felt really quiet and like just this awkwardness fell over the audience. And I just like, I'm just seizing my moment. And at the top of my lungs, I just screamed out, we love you, Kylie. And then the house just erupted, like it absolutely erupted. And then Kylie looked down at me and literally put her hand on her heart and actually looked at me and said, thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. Like still to this day. Yeah, such a special, special moment. But, um, and, you know, the the atmosphere was just so electric that night when the boys came out and did the Dancing Queen and mm. um, it was amazing. But, you know, on the second night, it was a totally different atmosphere. Like yeah. there was like, just wasn't that electric, electric feeling. A lot of people weren't getting up and dancing. And anyway, so similar point in the show, I was like, all right, I'm going to seize that moment again. And I like, at the same point, I scream out the same thing and I get nothing from the audience. <laughs> it is so awkward. And Kylie and that band, they look down at me and she's just like, mm, thanks. <laughs> you tried. Him again. My best. Yeah, so that's the that's the closest I've had to having a moment to meeting Kylie. And how many? That was a great show that one because as much as I wasn't a fan of Impossible Princess, I actually quite liked the songs when I heard them live. And there was something about it, like you say, it was slightly raw, and it it wasn't polished. It was a little bit rough around the edges. It was like you know, the the Minogue family were carrying the set around in a suitcase, Um, (laughs) but it was effective because of that because it was quite raw. And it's sometimes nice to see behind the sheen I think sometimes you can be so blinded by outfits and designer outfits and sets and lights that you sometimes lose Kylie you know a bit as I always say the golden tour where there's so much going on you don't really see Kylie anymore so I think it's one of my favorite favorite moments in spite of the fact that particular album didn't wasn't my favorite but I loved what I heard when I heard it live I think for Australians too, it really marked like a re-embracing of Kylie. Like for so many years, it was not cool like Kylie. Mm. And um, and that album didn't really do very well anywhere, but it did pretty well in Australia. And, um, you know, I think it really was just like, let's put a couple of nights on in each city and see how it goes. And then it yeah. just snowballed. Like, and in the end, I was scrambling to find another theatre. So, um, you know, they moved it up the street to the state and then they ended up going back down to the capital and (laughs) and um yeah you know what I love on that dvd is that the final scene they um they bring back the Mardi Gras marching boys for better the devil and then later a few years later I actually ended up dating one of those guys and so (laughs) 
I was just like, oh my God, tell me everything, right? And he, you know, told me the original story of back when they uh, first support dance for Kylie and Mardi Gras and they didn't find out till quite late in the piece who was they were performing with and like just how exciting it was when it was Kylie. But, you know, then they just went back to their normal lives and it's like four or five years later and he just gets this phone call out of the blue and they're like, um, do you still have that costume? And uh, do you think you could remember the choreography? What are you doing on Saturday night? <laughs> so was that the, so they only did that once for one show? They didn't do it every time it happened? No, it was just for the filming of the DVD. So, wow. yeah. So um, thankfully the costumes still fit. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so him, well, him, and his cool. twin, him and his twin brother were both in that. And, um, yeah, his brother in particular gets a lot of shots on the DVD. So really? it makes... Makes my heart smile when I see that. Oh, and I remember looking at those dancers and thinking that a lot of them looked like they were quite long in the tooth. They all look quite quite old. Just <laughs> that period of time, you know, everyone looked quite old back then. We're probably That's right. Well, it's lucky they could still fit into those tiny <laughs> little hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen Kylie live? Oh gosh, um, I haven't counted, but I've seen every single tour except X, and I only missed that because I was traveling overseas at the time. So, mm. um, but um, yeah, all the others I've been lucky enough to see, and um, uh, I mean, she just puts on such a great show, and it's interesting watching the evolution of those shows. Like in the Ooh. early years, it was pretty much just like the gays and like just lots and lots of straight women and on a lot of little girls as well. But, um, you know, now you go and you just feel like you're at a Mardi Gras party. Like it's just, uh, you know, she's well and truly ours. We're the ones that have stuck by her. And yeah. Um, yeah. But actually I've got a, I have a high school friend called Melissa. Um, you know, high school was a bit rough. Like I was pretty horribly bullied at high school and, um, Probably the fact that Kylie Minogue covered all of my school photos, <laughs> my school folders probably uh, drew some of that attention. But, um, you know, I had this one ally in school called Melissa and um, it's still our tradition is that whenever, you know, there's a Kylie tour in Australia, we still go to Kylie concerts together. And oh, so for me now, it's actually become really special because it's also, you know, like it's all these years later, we, we still yeah. do that. And I love that. Well, that's lovely. That's really yeah. lovely. Um, Talk to me about disco. Are you excited about this guest list edition? Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, I'm I'm not dis ever disappointed to get more Kylie. Um, you know, so um, I think she's doing a duet with Gloria Gaynor, which yeah. is just incredible. And uh, yeah, I follow her on Instagram as well. I just can't believe how amazing she still looks, and I love that she still tours. And uh, yeah, so that's the one I'm excited. About. It's shot a video for it already, so um, so that should be the oh, next right. after this one. Yeah, Kylie did an interview a few weeks ago, and she said she just finished recording a video with Gloria Gaynor. So I thought that was going to be the first single because this is before they'd mentioned uh, a second to midnight. But then uh, and then she mentioned it. But that that's very exciting that we've got two singles, you know, to look forward to. Um, yeah, on this album. Just going back to Impossible Princess, as you said, it was yes. very big in Australia. Did you have? Did you kind of was that your? favorite Kylie sound was that when you heard that for the first time do you think oh this is something that I really want I want Kylie to carry on like this or were you quite relieved she went to light years afterwards yeah yeah I'm relieved she went to light years oh. um look look I loved that Impossible Princess album and um you know it was the 90s kind of grungy sound I kind of understand where it was and I understand it was her taking control of 
her sound and her narrative. So I think it's it's really important for an artist to have that sort of album. And um, but I also was just so grateful when she came back and she uh, she gave us what we really wanted, which was just you know some fun disco and what she does best. And um, yeah, so I think to this day, Light Years is probably my favorite Kylie album. Oh, um, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, gosh, just remember the first time I put that on in the cassette in the car, <laughs> and. Um, God, it just didn't come. It didn't come out of the car for like two years. I think it was just, wow. um, just loved it so much. Did you, what do you make of Fever? Because you know, I, I, you probably know that I have a very love, not love hate. I don't hate it, but I, I always think that Fever is not as good as Light Years. And I, I, you know, I think it's yeah, it's made up of four or four or five great songs, and that's it really. I mean, what do you make of Fever? Yeah, Fever. Um, again, um, I love. I also love that album, and that probably would be like a close second to Light Years for me. Okay. Yeah, and um, I mean, of course, because it has "Can't Get You Out of My Head," but also "Love It for Sight" and mm-hmm. "In Your Eyes." And uh, I mean, I I don't think that there's a track on that album that I don't don't just love. Like it's more, more, more. so, so more, more, more is pretty. Like I think that the album would be amazing if it just didn't have that song. But as the opener, it could have been. Oh, it could have been at the end, but I just don't think it should have opened the album, in my opinion. Ah, oh, see, I love it because it kind of takes me back to like my parents' seventies disco albums. You know, where it's a bit like, "Yes, sir, I can boogie," like that kind of like <laughs> only kind sound for me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I do really love that. What did you think of um, Golden as well? Because Golden's very different. Because you know, we all know Kylie kind of is a chameleon. Um, yeah. what, would you, would would Golden be rated up there as one of your top Kylie albums? It actually is. And um, I just, again, I love that she, um, you know, she took a bit of a risk and something a bit different and, um, you know, it had the potential to be really polarising, but um, I think it was, you know, largely pretty well embraced. And um, I really enjoy those tracks. Like Stop Me From Falling. Mm. I just love that song. And, you know, when... Um, uh, when she performed it live at Albert Hall, um, I just thought it looked like the the electricity, like it was really electric. And um, um, yeah, there's so much joy in a lot of those songs. So yeah, I'm I would totally be down for more Kylie Country. I hope that there's still some Kylie Country left in her because oh I have to totally. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, I so did think it was a bit funny at the time. Like you look at interviews, and she's like, "They're like, oh, tell us about how you know what country means to you." And she's like, "Well, I went to New Orleans for two weeks, and um, <laughs> you know, and I watched some live music, and wow, I was just so blown away by it." And you know, especially when she's interviewed in the US like that, and they're like, "Huh?" Uh-huh. <laughs> I just missed her. I was in Nashville working, and I missed her. And I have a friend who's a songwriter out there. And I left, I think, on the Thursday. And on the Saturday, he was hanging out with Kylie at the Bluebird Cafe. So I just oh, missed it. Otherwise, I would have been there as well. Gutted. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely gutted. Um, and then the friend wrote Golden. He's one of the co-writers on Golden, um, yeah. the song. So if Kylie joined us now, yes, what would you say to her? I mean, the obvious thing, um, like a lot of people have said, is to say thank you. But... Um, also, you know, if I think back to how much money I've invested in Kylie Minogue <laughs> over the years, I think that I have funded 
at least one bedroom of her mansion. I've got the kitchen, you've got the bedrooms. I've got the spare room. So I would say, Kylie, make up that spare room of mine because I'm going to come hang out. We're going to drink that rosé and, um, you know, and we're just going to talk about how amazing you've been all year. So Going back to yeah. the collecting, is there one Kylie item that you wish you have that you don't? Is there something I wish I had? Look, I didn't really jump on board with the whole disco vinyl thing because there was so much of it. Like, oh my god, you tell know, me about it. If, if you want to go down that road, it's a slippery slope. And um, <laughs> you know, I have other financial things, but actually, if I can just diverge a little bit though, but something I did dig out was that um, back when the word is out, twelve Ooh. inch came out. I came across this limited edition autographed engraving of the Summer Breeze mix. So oh, on wow. one side is the 12-inch and on the other side it's completely blank, but it's like engraved with a Kylie signature on it. So for years and years I was like convinced that this was going to be the key to my retirement, right? This was my <laughs> retirement plan right here. I was going to sell this album and I was going to make a fortune and I was sad. I'd already spent the money in my head. And so a few months ago, I got on a Kylie vinyl forum and I was like, hey, how much does it cost? And everyone's like, you can buy that for $30. Oh, so, no. yeah. So it won't be funding my retirement, sadly. Um, and it was the word is out single, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't her finest moment. Um, no. <laughs> that video or that no. song. <laughs> Well, David, thank you so much for joining us. You've been an absolute gem. We could sit and chat to you all day. So thank you so much for sharing your oh, stories sure. and your, your your Kylie love. Thank you. It's It's been a pleasure. And I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for doing this podcast. Like I, there was nothing like it online that I could find. And um, yeah, it's just like sitting around with my friends when we talk about Kylie at home. So I, I love it. And I hope you guys keep doing it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Oh, it was so great to chat to David. And also another one of my home folks. You know, I love talking to Australian fans. I don't really love Australians recently. What are the British fans? <laughs> now we actually go in touch with any of them. But yes, we need some more Brits and some more other overseas people. I'd like somebody from France, please. Anyone from France? I still have a lot of people to get back in touch with. So please be patient out there, folks. Um, we will all speak to you very, very soon. Well, that's it for this week, um, Christian. I guess I'll see you later for some more Kyla action. Marvellous. See you later on. Bye.